in the dance space, a remix is, you know, you're never going to make the song better. That's never the goal of a, of a remix ever. It's just sort of your way to pay homage to and respect to a song that or a track that you love. So I have a project called Dead House, which is where I take house music and I, I have stems from, from the Grateful Dead. And so I've rewarped and repitched the guitars and the vocals and stuff. And I leave them over the house beats throughout the set. And so I had sort of, I have a sampler where I can like resequence and make different loops out of sounds. So I was doing that with the guitars a lot. And I was throwing the vocals over different ideas and stuff. So I, I sort of had started practicing with this concept starting in the pandemic. And then when I was asked to remix the Garcia album, I was almost completely too overwhelmed by the thought. I was raised by deadheads. And so Jerry's voice is like a family member's voice in our household. And I just, wanted to be able to do my best. I mean, obviously, there's always going to be people who you know don't love the music necessarily or this type of music. And, and I knew that would be the case. But I just needed to know that I could do my best for it to put my best foot forward and use my my best skills possible for this project. You got to lock on to the official tapes. You can always check out more at our website, officialtapes.com. It is a Grateful Dead radio program that airs on over 80 radio stations around the globe. Not only do we play the official releases from the Grateful Dead, but we also break that rule from time to time. And we get into some of the solo slash side projects from the musicians and the artists that are within the Grateful Dead. And how about this next artist and the project that she's been working on? My name is LP Giobi, and I just did Garcia Remix, which was, I just remixed his entire first album, Garcia, his first solo album. You're going to hear her talk about the creation process, whether that's production and uh, from a musical standpoint, how the Grateful Dead really works well with house music. Also, what the audiences think of hearing Jerry Garcia presented this way. Also, kind of as a producer's note, Official Tapes has had many musicians talk and discuss uh, music theory. I would have to say, though, this one is probably the most music intensive. LPGOB was quick to talk about her classical training, what that means, how she applied that into the Garcia Remixed project, song structures, time signatures, and really just the anatomy of a song. LP Giobi on her musical accomplishments. I am a producer, DJ, keyboardist, and I've toured all over the world, pretty much every continent, but Asia at this point. In South America, I played those to 20, 30,000 people at the end of the year. But in December, I had the honor of playing at the O2 Arena with Pete Tong. Pete Tong is, he's like the most influential person in dance music. He started Ibiza pretty much, and not pretty much, he did. And he, uh, which is like one of the most influential islands in dance music. He has a show on BBC Radio 1 that has broken pretty much every big major dance artist. He started multiple dance labels. He started the electronic department at WME. He called me and he said he has a project called Abiza Classics where he, Jules Buckley, take a classic house Abiza tracks and then they orchestrate them for a full orchestra and they tour that show around the world. And it's, it's really a really phenomenal show. And he calls me and he's like, Amazon reached out because they were wondering if I could add another Abiza Classic track to my set. And they asked me to sort of reach out to who I think is like the next big producer in the dance space and so I said your name and and they've supported you know, they've given you billboards in Times Square before and they they love you and have supported you and they love the idea and so we got a whole orchestra to orchestrate it it was really phenomenal and then 
they invited me to come play with them at the O2 Arena on a grand piano with the full orchestra. So, you know, before I went on stage, Pete stopped the show and gave a huge introduction to about myself that was incredibly flattering and about how the song came to be and then had everybody turn their lights on their phones in the arena and so I stepped on stage to 20,000 lights (laughs) shining on stage and you know got to play this whole orchestra piece you know as a a DJ it was a really I am a pianist so it was a really really wonderful moment for me to get to play with a full orchestra and the song that I created hearing it like in that wild of a setting LPGOB on Garcia Remixed. This is the official tapes. Let's get into it. They were re-releasing it to the remaster and a re-release of the original Garcia album, 50 Years to Date. And so they reached out to me because they wanted to do something on streaming as well. How I would start with the creation of the process was I would get a groove going. I had, you know, heard a bunch of different grooves at this point over Grateful Dead tunes in the house space. So I sort of had some ideas of what I liked and what I didn't like. And I would start with the drums and the drum grooves and then I don't know what BPM the original track was and try to stay as close to that as possible. Some of the songs are in 3-4, so that's extremely challenging as a house artist because all house music by definition is in 4-4. Four, four. So, <laughs> so some of the songs are actually ended up in 3-4 and, and still work on a dance. The mix in and the mix out, so you can mix it with other tracks is in 4-4, four, four, but then through like a little drum fill, it drops into 3-4 and that was actually really fun to play around with. So, and then I would, you know, know what key it is in and come up with some piano ideas that fit within the guitar parts that I wanted to pull out of the main track. And, and I, I kept most of the songs true to form as far as like chorus, verse, etc. I was just given the masters, that's all I had. And usually a big part of dance music is the remix culture. Like it's sort of a given that if you were to make a song, you're gonna go and get remixes for that song. And when you do that, you get the stems of the song and that's how you make a remix because you have each individual part isolated. So in this case, they just gave me the masters because I, I had gotten stems, but for this actual album, it was just the masters. So. When I first started the process, you know, I was just playing around with EQing and like sort of like the sample process of splicing and resampling into samplers and, and drum machines and things like that. But for, so for some of the songs, like I got the vocals isolated really, really nicely, which gave me a lot more leeway. Like so first I'd have to put it in and warp it perfectly. In a drum machine, every beat is going to hit exactly precisely. But obviously when you have human players, it's never the case. So I would first have to warp the track to be exactly to grid. So yeah, every song is a little bit different in its creation process, but you'll hear the form of the song and you'll hear his vocals and you'll hear some guitar parts for sure. I feel really grateful for my background because I hear always where you're supposed to be, blah, blah, blah. But at the time in college, I could tell you, you know, every note that could go over every chord structure, over every lead sheet. But I had theorized it all and I had taken it all out of my body and into my head, which is something that I think happens when you study music. When I started making dance music, I had to explode all of it and blow it all up and just learn everything I learned because it's for your body. 
it's not for your mind. And when I first went to see a DJ, I couldn't even understand the concept. I was like, wait, where's the band? Why, where's the music coming from? Why is there even music with one guy on stage? And then my friend, who was high on acid, broke it down next to me in the most, like I never heard anybody talk about music so in such an excitable way. But, you know, he was, you know, tapping on my body, like, okay, like there's going to be a kick on every single beat and just a hi-hat for five minutes. And then when you, something new is introduced, it's going to feel crazy and euphoric. And it's a meditative state and you're just focused on your body. So when I started making dance music, the note I got from everybody was it's way too complicated. Like you're trying to say way too much of what are you actually really saying? And what are these like the minute seventh chords don't actually feel good right here. And so I had to like pair everything back. How do I say what I want to say with the least amount of notes and the least amount of information? And now I'm, you know, years later, I'm comfortable enough to know when to use that diminished seventh chord. And like, and actually there's some, you know, and some, if you really study some house music, like they're starting in the fifth and they, they end the song in the one, like they, they tune the, the kick drum that happens on every beat to start on D and then end on G. At, 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 so you're getting that resolve, you know, like in, in like the subconscious sub of the kick. And so, you know, you can get really deep and tricky with it, but you, you have to know when to use that and not just to like look smart, but to like make it really feel good. And, and I think the dead did that. You know, I think the dead were all about like, they didn't care how intellectual it was or how non-intellectual it was. Like at the end of the day, is it fun? Does it feel good? It's a fragile gift. You know, I, I think of myself as like a conduit of joy. So I try to focus on like, I, I at the end of the day, like what is the energy that I'm exchanging with the crowd and that if I am feeling good in my body and tapped into my joy, then like I can be a feedback loop for the audience to, to, to also tap into their joy. And I think it's a gift to not be taken lightly <laughs> because I think that you can also tap into the, like chasing the dragon. I think that you can tap into that too. <laughs> you know, I think that we're, we're here for community. That's what I try to focus on. That's the biggest compliment that I've ever been paid, ever. And like the thing is, so my family family is the most important thing to me. I'm extremely close with my with my family. And I, when I started doing the Dead House, that like children of Deadheads were finding me. They would like would hear a Jerry vocal. They would hear whatever, and they would send me messages, Instagram DMs that were like, "Whoa!" Like it was so crazy to hear. You know, my parents' music reinterpreted through my music like the Grateful Dead is like my parents band my parents music and I have a love for it because of that but like I've never heard it in this way that sort of has redrawn me to it I played a, a the Garcia remix release party in Eugene Oregon which is where I'm from so it's my first hometown show and the album release party and this dad flew in from Philly and, the, and his son flew in from LA for it. And afterwards they pulled me aside and I was like, you know, we're, we're from a kind of a dysfunctional family and me and my son have struggled to, to understand each other. I've never understood his music and like the raving and, you know, I really never liked it. And I'm, I'm a jam band guy and loved the Grateful Dead and he's never understood that. And this is sort of the first time that we spent two hours of just joy together. So, you know, thank you for providing that. And I, I received that a few times at playing the stand. And like, to me, that is everything. If I can be at all a part of, you know, these families and I, that, that's the message that I'm receiving the most. It's like, 
it brought me and my uncle close or me and my parents close or like whatever. I, I just, that is so exciting to me. And I guess my, the first time I took my dad to a rave, he stepped on the field and he was like, oh, okay, so if I was born now, I'd be a raver instead of a hippie. And I'd be taking Molly instead of acid, but everything else is kind of the same. Like there's this through line in dance music and jam music. It's like, you know, being partisan and greater than yourself, the plural community, peace, love, unity, respect, very similar to the ethos of, you know, the jam band world and deadheads. And like nonstop music, just like making us feel joy. Like I, I really, under, I, I understand it. And so I guess to me, I, I just feel like if I can be a bridge in any way to those two communities, then, then that's my goal. funny because the Grateful Dead used to refer to themselves as a dance band you know <laughs> and like dance music it's, it's it's we've come we've moved away from EDM which sort of the connotation of EDM is more big room electronic music and and now the world that house music that I'm in is called dance music so those are already so similar I guess like you know the main difference is that it's electronic ear versus uh, acoustic you know quote-unquote real instruments but you know, there's, there are DJs who play their gear. Like for me, for instance, I've been influenced by the Grateful Dead and how I DJ because I'll have one deck that's just drum loops and another deck that I've gone in and I've keyed every, it's just instrument loops and I've keyed them all. So I know what key to be playing on the piano with those loops. And then another is like acapella loops and different keys as well. So I can sort of be blending and remixing live and um, then sequencing my piano on top of all those. And so to try to make it as improvisational as possible, but Every dance that you go to by a DJ is going to be completely different. They're going to be playing new tunes, new edits. They're going to be intertwining them differently. You know, maybe they'll have an acapella that they weave throughout the whole set as like a little wink to the audience. Like, you know, maybe they'll, they'll start in one song and they'll weave into another song and they'll go back to that original song. Like, there are a lot of through lines in that way. And, and that I, I, I see the, the jam band world doing that too. And it's, you know, in particular, the Grateful Dead. It's so similar, actually. We're just used, we're doing different, you know, different instrumentation, different gear. But the goal is the same, to take you on a journey and take you to a different place. But like the world that I'm in is very experimental and very different every night. And like, and they're spending so much of the work that's done by DJ is, is crate digging work. So like really going deep to find these, these gems and how are you going to weave that differently into the set? How are you going to make your own edit of it? And then sort of tie it, weaving a journey and a story throughout your set that, that really does take you on a journey. And the shows at Playing the Sand were really, really euphoric probably the most euphoric few hours of my life. And I was with my tour manager and he turned to me <laughs> during their space moment. He turned to me and goes, oh, so is this the part that drew you in? <laughs> and I was like, yes, it's like weird, like experience. And like, you know, Mickey Hart seems to be really into electronics. And I think that you can feel that in space. Uh, I mean, it's one of my favorite parts of that. I know it's when people go to the bathroom and stuff, but I love it. Like the drums are what drive all dance music. And so, you know, to have that be like the focus of that section is just so cool to me. It actually started with t-shirts. So, <laughs> so as a, as a female producer, there's only 2% of producers are women. It's like a very weird thing in the, in the well, producers period, but especially in the, in the dance electronic space, it's very male dominated. I have a nonprofit called Femhouse that tries, that we're trying to change that statistic. But anyways, 
I found myself really having a hard time and struggling with my appearance and how I wanted to present myself and the clothes I wanted to wear as I was touring. And I know it's going to sound so silly and I, and it is really frustrating that I sort of maybe let it get, get the best of me, but I, I really wanted to downplay my appearance in order to be taken more seriously in the space. And so I kind of just like started dressing like a boy to just take any of that out of the, out of the picture. But then I was like, how, how insane is this? Like I showed up at a photo shoot where I was on tour. I was about to go on tour with a guy and we were doing some photo shoots and we, we literally were dressed head to toe the exact same. I'm like, here I am trying to like change the industry and like, you know, allow people to be who they are. And I'm, I'm really confused about what to wear on stage and, and my self-expression in that way. And my, my parents at the same time had just given me like 80 vintage Grateful Dead t-shirts. They had, they had kept them all in, in, you know, bags and they were all in perfect shape and, they're like, you know, we found these in the attic and, and if we thought maybe like they seemed like they would fit you. And I just wanted to stop thinking about what I would wear on stage. And so I just started wearing, I was like, oh, these are really cool vintage shirts. Like, this is amazing. And so I just started wearing them. That's all I would wear. when I, I just threw, you know, 40 of them in my suitcase and that would be what I would wear for the next month. And then like kids were like, whoa, like kids were finding me that had children, you know, like, whoa, Grateful Dead, like you know who they are and in this space in the dance dance world like there a lot of people don't know who they are so it'll almost allow me to like find my community or like my tribe members that way like oh like you know who they are too like cool um like one of my favorite collaborators of all time dj tennis we connected because i showed up at a set and he was wearing a grateful dead shirt and i was like what no way and then we talked about the the dead all night and that's how we became best friends and started making music together. So then at this sort of a, at a similar time, a friend of mine was working in a studio and he, he saw that I was wearing the Grateful Dead shirts and he was in the studio and saw that the studio had a bunch of Grateful Dead scents. I was like, Hey, uh, the studio has these stems. Like, I guess you must be a deadhead because I see you wearing these shirts. <laughs> and so like, would you want some of them? Like, and I was like, Oh my gosh, you know, I, I would obviously never, I would, I would love to just play around with them just, just for my own fun. And then in the pandemic, I was started to stream because there was something else for me to do. Uh, it was a horrible, scary time for all musicians in the world at large. Um, but I started um, streaming and the same community would come back to me every day, similar to Grateful Dead show. <laughs> and so I really had to push myself in being as experimental as possible in order to entertain myself and, and the audience that would start to sort of reoccur. And so that's when I started weaving these stems like, oh, okay, what if I like rewarp or like sort of repitch these and, um, you know, and then that's when more of this crossover or the children of Deadhead or whatever Deadheads would, were starting to find me. And then I was asked to do a stream and in the stream, it was a it was a live stream, and Bob Weir was also on it. And I played, I was like way earlier in the stream, um, but Bob Weir's um, manager uh, heard me and was like, "What is this girl doing out here?" And so he reached out to Dead and Co's manager, and Dead and Co's manager sort of got turned on to me and started kind of following what I was doing. And um, also, he happened to be a Sophie Tucker fan. And Sophie Tucker is a dance group that I tour with all the time. And so he saw that I was really part of both worlds, you know, and then eventually asked me to come to playing in the sand. I, I would obviously be the first DJ they booked, which was, you know, I realized that there would be some here, huge backlash. I was actually quite nervous about that. And I got on the phone with him. I was like, you know, this guy cares so much about this community that if I am shunned by this community, it would kill me. And so, like, I don't, I don't know if I can do it. And he was like, you know, um, when I first brought John Mayer uh, into the into Dead & Co, 
I got death threats. And he now he's now a wonderful part of the band. So like, you know, you're going to get backlash, but I really believe in this. And so if you're willing to persevere, then, you know, I'll, I'll back you up on this. Looking back now, I'm like, duh, this, of course, this is the one of the journeys, one of the, one of the paths that my life will go on. Because <laughs> it's like such a big part of my life as a child, um, such a big part of my parents' life. And, and um, like, just so cool. I got to introduce Bob Weir to my parents, you know, recently. Like, how, what a cool full circle moment. By not finding my, by not knowing how to like express myself or kind of losing myself, I ended up completely finding myself. What a long, strange trip, you know? <laughs> a lot of these dance fans that I meet if, of my generation, you know, don't necessarily know who the great that are, which always blows their mind. <laughs> So it's it was it's, for me. I just like really wanted this community to hear how special this music is, and I have a lot of Spotify support. I have over two to three million monthly listeners on average at a time, and the and I thought Spotify would be like, what are you doing with this project? <laughs> or like, cause I get playlisted in like the dance electronic playlist a lot, and I thought I thought it would confuse a lot of the they have actual people that, that put together those playlists. And I thought it would really confuse them. And dude, they've been playlisting some of these songs in some of the bigger dance electronic spaces. And so it's been discovered by people who literally have, you know, a, a completely different world. And, I, and that was really the purpose of this. I, I think it's really cool and bring more people into this world. My website's lpgobgiobbi.com. Pretty much all the links are there. And all my social handles are also lpgob. Just L-P-G-I-O-B-B-I. Um, and uh, my Spotify, same thing, just my name, um, Apple Music, Amazon, whatever. Yeah, and that, that, that should link you out to everything you need to know.